0: This is Critical Thinking Part 13 UFOs, UAPs, and Roswell Days of Future's Past. So we've been on this journey together over the last several episodes, and for me, this has been really, really fun. So in case you haven't listened to Critical Thought 4, 5, 6, 7, 10, 11, or 12, consider checking those out, because it's kind of a ride. In those episodes, we covered quantum field theory, zero-point energy, the nature of the universe, quantum time dilation, and immortality, and the quantum echo hypothesis. And when we did that, we started talking about our TVs and how the picture in our TVs is made up of tiny light bulbs called pixels. And the picture pixels in our TV are like the atoms of the universe, but we can break down each of those little pixels in our TV into smaller sub-pixel elements of color. There is a red, blue, and green color element within each pixel. And when you light up those color elements in different strengths and combinations, like for instance blue and red is purple, you can make every color in the spectrum with those color elements, depending on how you combine them. So if you're looking at the TV and then you freeze your HD picture on that TV, but then you turn off the blue and the green elements inside each pixel. You'd only be left with the red, which we would call the red quantum field, so to speak. And across the TV screen, it would look like bright red in some spots, and in some places it would be black if there was no red there. It'd be empty, like if the full picture in that one little place was blue or green, then there wouldn't be any red there. And some places would be like totally red, and some places might be a little dimmer. And so if you looked only at the red field, you'd see everywhere in that main full picture where red was showing through. But then if you took that red field and you sandwiched on top of it the green one and then the blue one, you'd have your perfect HD picture of your TV. But in reality, instead of a TV picture, the universe that we see around us, we think there's 17 quantum fields. Four of them are force fields, and 13 of them are particle fields. So every atom in the universe is kind of like a pixel, but instead of like three color parts, there's really 17 parts that make up each atom. And we can think of those 17 elements in each atom, we can think of them as fields, just like we thought of the red field, the green field, and the blue field when we were looking at the pixels in our TV. And one of those fields is called the Higgs field. And we think that is the one particle, that is the field in quantum field theory that gives our matter its mass. That's the field that gives all of our atoms weight. So if we could disassociate from the Higgs field, if we could kick that little Higgs singlet out of our atoms, we would turn off that part of the pixel in the universe and then our mass would drop to zero. We would weigh nothing. And recently in the Fermilab at Chicago, there was an experiment done with a muon particle with just one of the fields in our pixels, so to speak. They shot it through a magnetic field and got it to essentially spin differently, so to speak. And I'm convinced that in the future, we'll figure out how to get our Higgs singlets to spin off, to essentially decouple ourselves from the Higgs field. And I think I just figured out how to do it, and I figured it out when I was pushing my daughter on the swing set. But I need to marinate on it for a little bit longer, and then I'll get back to it in the next episode. And if you're in the Sonic tribe, I I know you've heard this over and over as we've done these UFO episodes, but I just want this episode to sort of be self-contained so real quick I just want to recap that we know that in these particle collisions where we smash atoms together and they break apart we know that the Higgs singlet jumps out of time when it breaks loose from the atom we've seen it pop into existence before the particle collision happens in the place where the collision happens and so what that means is is when the particle collision happens in the future the collision releases the Higgs singlet and the Higgs singlet jumps back to the past which is into our present time so we see the Higgs singlet appear out of thin air before the the collision happens in the place that the collision happens. So when we bust our Higgs singlet loose, that bad boy goes back in time. That really happens, and that is a fact. So imagine if we create an electric field just right, like a bubble or a radius of magnetism, and we do it precisely right so that it causes our Higgs singlets to spin off. Essentially, every atom in our force field bubble kicks out and ejects its Higgs singlet. It would send essentially a sculpture of us made out of subatomic particles in every Everything that's inside that bubble, every Higgs singlet that belonged to those atoms would be sent back into the past, and that is a fact, and it would be awesome, and it's gonna work as long as we don't explode like a nuclear bomb at the speed of light, which we won't. I'm pretty sure. And that's really the quantum echo hypothesis. We call that a quantum echo of our future travel because when that Higgs singlet sculpture of everything in our field, when every one of those Higgs singlets jumps out of our atoms and gets thrown back in time, and we did an episode on how that would essentially cause a black hole of gravity because gravity is created by the curvature of time. And if you're not 100% certain exactly what I'm talking about right now, you'll want to go back, push pause, and you want to go back and check out Critical Thinking Part 10. UFOs, UAPs, and the Key to Immortality. That's probably one of my best episodes. If you like UFOs, which I do, but not my wife. She really doesn't like UFOs. Her favorite episode is probably Wellness Part 5, the level 7 orgasm, and she'd probably be mad if I told you guys. But who am I kidding? She's never going to listen to this episode, so the wave equation will never collapse. And the tree that falls in this podcast episode will never make a sound. Hopefully. I'm pretty sure. Anyway, so our Higgs singlets jump out of our atoms, they go back in time and cause a black hole's worth of gravity inside that quantum bubble. And so essentially what we're seeing is a quantum echo of ourselves in the future through a wormhole. But because our ship and everything in it is massless, because we decoupled our Higgs field so we don't have any weight, that means we can fly around super fast, corner instantly, take off instantly at thousands of miles an hour, and be traveling thousands of miles an hour and stop on a dime. And it's because that we're in this little quantum bubble, that we're not connected to the Higgs field, that we don't have any mass. We don't weigh anything, so we don't experience G-forces, because if we did have mass then we would have inertia. And then we would pass the curvature of time and then taken off at those kinds of speeds would actually squish our brains into the backs of our skulls. So that's why it's necessary to fly a Tic Tac like that. We absolutely need to be able to disassociate from the Higgs field or we're gonna die. But we're not gonna die because we see those Tic Tacs flying around at super speeds and we can be pretty sure that they aren't dying. And when we create our quantum field and all of our Higgs singlets jump into the past, that's gonna leave us a mass. Because there's what you call quantum fluctuations in the universe, and that means that even if you don't have any mass, the universe still knows that you don't have any mass. And so that creates a mass hole, so to speak. And that's when zero point energy comes in, which is the energy that the universe will use to equal everything out, to fill a vacuum, and to fill the mass hole, so to speak, that happened when all of our Higgs boson particles disassociated in what we call legit in physics a spontaneous symmetry break, and the universe will push really hard to put mass into our mass hole. And then we can use like microwave emitters or something else to lower the zero point energy in different places around our ship to get the zero point energy in the universe to move us around in the directions that we want to go. And then when we're all done flying around, we kill the field, our quantum echo, our Higgs singlets that flew into the past, jump back to us, and then we experience what is legit called in physics, particle symmetry renormalization. And this happens because even though we've decoupled the Higgs field, it's still what we call quantum entangled. And so it's like on a rubber band and it will snap back if we turn off the bubble and then we're all back together in one piece in the future. And then we got really nutty. We figured out a way to time travel. And we did that in Critical Thinking Part 11, UFOs, UAPs, and the American Time Navigators, or chrononauts, so to speak. So we take a big ship, we spin up our Higgs disassociation field, and the big ship's Higgs singlets all jump into the past, and it's a wormhole. So then, if a smaller ship fires up their force fields, disassociates their Higgs field, and then they fly into the first ship's bubble, and if it's a wormhole like we think it is, then they should be able to leave their time and exit out of the wormhole... So they should be able to leave their time and arrive at the time wherever the first ships Higgs Singlets jumped to. So if the first ship throws its quantum echo into our time, if any other ship in the future time flies through that first one, that other ship will exit the wormhole into our time. So the quantum echo might not be able to interact with the things in our time, but any ship that passed through the quantum gate would be fully in our time. And that is a fact. And then in Critical Thinking Part 12, UFOs, UAPs, and Roswell the wormhole. We figured out what might have gone down in Roswell, and that really advanced technology probably came through a wormhole. Was it us? Or was it aliens? I think it could have been either. But in some ways it doesn't matter, right? Because whether it's aliens or us in the future, the technology was there. But then we realized that there may be some clandestine projects where that technology, whether it came from aliens or from it came from our own future, is being held by a very privileged few that have secretly perhaps reverse engineered it, kind of like kids playing with the gun in daddy's night table drawer. And we got to this point by critical thinking. We said these Tic Tacs zipping around are either us or they ain't us. And if they're not us, they're aliens. But if they are us, then they can only be us from either the past or us from the present and or us from the future. And while we can't rule out aliens, I thought we could rule out us from the past and us from the present because I didn't think we had the physics yet. But that meant it had to be us from the future. And we're critically thinking, so we say, okay okay, they zip around like they have zero mass, okay, it's a Higgs field disassociation, and they have no visible propulsion, okay, zero point energy makes sense, and when we get zero mass, the Higgs singlets jump into the past, so it sounds like us from the future makes a lot of sense, but then we figured out a way to time travel, which could explain the Roswell crash, but with the possibility of one ship becoming a gate slash wormhole, and then the other ships from the future fly through that ship and exit that, wormhole into our time, then it's hard to dismiss the idea that technology has been exploited or reverse engineered. Even though that technology is still future technology, we might have craft that can fly like this right now. So then over the last week or so I went looking on the internet for footage of UFO sightings and to see if any of the other things that we've discussed actually played out in some of that footage. Specifically, whether there was any footage that shows ships acting like a wormhole gate and other tic-tacs either flying into or out of them. With the smaller ship quantum tunneling through the bigger ship, obviously, not crashing into it, and exiting through the wormhole held open by the big ship's Higgs singlets. And it took me about 20 seconds to find two. They clearly show a larger vehicle, and then a bunch of little vehicles fly out of them. And I posted them on the Sonic Gravity Facebook page and the Sonic Gravity Instagram. Check them out. There's kind of a lot of hate where everybody says, oh, it's fake. But I also found a picture of a quantum bubble around some kind of floating object or person and you can actually see the field disappear as if in the future. They killed the field and the quantum echo disappears out of our time. It's really amazing. Oh, and before I forget, in Critical Thinking Part 12, UFOs, UAPs, and Roswell through the wormhole, I told you I was going to tell you where all the alien slash future technology is currently being kept. It's not on a military base or in Area 51. So if you remember from Critical Thinking Part 4, UFOs, UAPs, and Quantum Field Theory, in the WikiLeaks dump of Hillary Clinton's 30,000 emails, we know of an email from Dr. Edgar Mitchell to John Podesta, dated July 29, 2014, where Mitchell requests a meeting with then President Barack Obama on extraterrestrial disclosure, and he says that 50 years ago, Battelle, Brookings, and Rand studies on UFOs convinced the government to remove knowledge of the extraterrestrial presence from the citizens of our country. So there's that. And the 1994 IG's report of the Roswell incident. There's a statement of Robert Porter, a flight engineer stationed at Roswell Army Airfield who helped load the UFO materials. He was told by Major Jesse Marcel and Captain William E. Anderson that he was loaded up material from a crash flying saucer into a B-25 and that B-25 was being sent to Wright Field in Dayton, Ohio. Wright Field is right next door to Columbus, Ohio. And Columbus, Ohio is where the headquarters of the Battelle Memorial Institute, or Battelle, which is a prominent technology and engineering defense contractor, is headquartered. So yeah, the X on the treasure map is Battelle headquarters in Columbus, Ohio, a private defense contractor. And the reason we know that is because they were Named by Dr. Mitchell in the WikiLeaks emails and the statement of Robert Porter, the flight engineer who loaded up the alien technology on a plane for delivery to Wright Army Airfield, was delivering it to Battelle. So in the intersection of that evidence, we know the material that was discovered in the crash at Roswell is being held by Battelle, and that is a fact. And then on June 25th, the Director of National Intelligence published an unclassified preliminary assessment on unidentified aerial phenomena. I tried to stay open-minded and objective, even though I was fairly certain I already knew what we were looking at. And I think the most significant cultural game-changer was that the U.S. government just validated the existence of UFOs and UAPs. And this alone should bring the topic from the taboo altar of disdain upon which hundreds of professional careers and reputations had been sacrificed in the name of social acceptance in the scientific community. But it also identified things like unusual flight characteristics. Check. UAPs pose a safety of flight issue when it comes to aviators in our airspace, becoming an increasingly cluttered air domain check. That makes sense, right? The more we fly in the future, the more and more cluttered the sky will be, and you don't want to get sideways with one of those quantum echoes, or you're going to get pancaked with a black hole's worth of gravity. And they said they identified one UAP with a high confidence, and that it looked like a large, deflating balloon. And that makes absolutely perfect sense, doesn't it? Because if you were going to test a field like this that would disassociate the Higgs field, and potentially cause whatever was inside that field to explode like a nuclear explosion at the speed of light, then what would you test it on first? Yeah, right, definitely a balloon from a distance. And the report suggested that there were more than one kind of UAPs, that there were a lot more than one UAP. And so that's to say that we probably won't be the only country with this technology for very long. And of course, there's no way to rule out the presence of alien intelligence or alien UFOs and UAPs. And the report said that the UAP activity and the increasing activity would pose a threat to activity in our air domain. But it actually doesn't need to be a problem, does it? It doesn't need to be a threat, since we know that much of that air traffic is Probably us. All we'd need to do is write a policy today that helps direct future quantum travel tomorrow. You could say, like, you have to stay at this altitude or go in this direction, or stay in certain areas, then we could control where they fly, where they maneuver, and where and how they land. And that's why I think there's a high concentration of UFO sightings in San Diego and Virginia Beach, because in the future we've already prescribed those training areas for this reason. And it won't be long before we figure it out, that everything we do right now, including writing messages and policies, will become a time capsule that in the future we'll read and know where to train and how to regulate our operations operations, and that is a fact. But I wish someone would have told me that this was going on a little bit earlier because I would have been able to give them this idea. I would have already written a standard order for all quantum pilots, establishing takeoff and landing protocols, training areas, and for certain, I would have already structured a sign language based on flight speed, direction, altitude, number of aircraft formation and location, a sign language like an interpretive dance that those tic-tacs could use to send us messages from the future, including information about future threats, unseen dangers, and how to build a Tic Tac. Because if we already did that, we'd already be flying them in that too is a fact. And I met this guy on Twitter. call him Groovy. And he said that he was a fan of Sonic Gravity and he stayed up all night binging episodes and was totally feeling the UFO episodes. And then he asked me a couple questions that really made me think. And one was about the Great Filter. We talked a little bit about the Great Filter as part of the Fermi Paradox and Critical thinking Part 4, UFOs, UAPs and Quantum Field Theory. And that was the idea that one of the reasons that we might not be being visited by ETs every time is if they didn't pass through the Great Filter. Whether they destroyed themselves before they became an interplanetary species. Because if we burn the planet down and we do it before we can achieve interplanetary travel, then we'll essentially kill each other or render the planet uninhabitable before we can get to the stars. And it made me think of the Crime of the Century episodes that I did about the coronavirus, and I realized that to the Earth, humans are pretty much a virus, right? We're tearing up things, we're burning things down, we're digging up oil and gas and coal and burning fossil fuels, which is messing up the air, it's polluting the water and causing forest fires and floods and hurricanes and so in some ways humans are a virus and we're making the planet sick we're stealing the matter on this planet and making it into something else for our own comfort just like a virus takes our genetic material and makes it into itself because the worst thing that a virus can do is cause its host to get so sick that it dies so we got to do what we got to do we got to try to get to the stars without destroying the planet and killing the host so to speak and the second question that Groovy asked that really made me think is, why do I think the government is choosing to disclose about UFOs now instead of earlier or later? And then I realized that the reason we were beginning to talk about space was because we were ending 20 years of simultaneous war in Iraq and Afghanistan, and then I paid close attention to the company men who were pushing for disclosure, and of course, it was a threat narrative, which is why my next episode was going to be Politics Part 8, Threat Incorporated and in the Rise of the Twenty first century military-industrial complex. And you might remember that little bit from Politics Part 7, Holy Wars, where I talked about Dwight Eisenhower, the two-term president and five-star general in command of all the allied forces in World War II, and how he said that the military-industrial complex can only get paid if we buy bombs and planes, and they control the majority of education, research, funding, and also, pretty much, Congress, which is why critics say that we send our military, that we send our whole military to third-world countries that nobody cares about to fight wars against foes who we think are super weak for like 10 or 20 years, and it's pretty much so the builders of military equipment can get more and more money spent on military equipment and wars that our country doesn't need to fight against people who can't really fight back. And I'm going to do an episode called Invisible Chains at some point, because I think there's some things that are worth talking about. And I was actually going to do those episodes next, but now I absolutely can't. As you know, we've been talking about this quantum echo hypothesis for a couple months now, but the one thing, the big hole in the hypothesis is how do we spin off the Higgs bosons? How do we decouple from the Higgs field? And then I was thinking about string theory and pilot wave theory and quantum realism. And while I was pushing my daughter on the swing set, it was cr- I achieved illumination. And I figured out exactly how to decouple our Higgs field. I figured out how we will actually create the Higgs displacement field that will enable us to drop our mass to zero, achieve immortality, and fly our tic-tacs. And that is a fact And while I was pushing my little girl on the swings I began to formulate the models And the analogies that I'm going to use To explain the physics of how we're going to decouple From the Higgs field And then my mind exploded even further My eyes widened and my vision went totally blurry As I hit illumination again Because I had a vision And my consciousness shot through space and time And all these elements of information That I collected my whole life Coalesced and assembled in my mind At the speed of a thought And I experienced a vision and I saw the theory of everything, the physical mechanics and the math that reconciles Einstein's general relativity and gravity with the standard model of quantum mechanics, string theory, and it was like music to my mind. It's simple. It's so intuitive that when I tell you, you'll think that was easy. And that is a fact. So the very next episode will be Critical Thinking Part 14, UFOs, UAPs, and the Sonic Gravity Mass Effect. And we're going to talk about how we're going to decouple our Higgs field. And the following episode will be Critical Thinking Part 15, the Sonic Gravity Theory of Everything. The world will orbit in sonic gravity, and we'll see the universe through the eyes of a madman, and nothing will ever be the same again. And that, too, is a fact.